Welcome to Conference Confessions. This is Jen. And this is Eva. We'd like to start with our disclaimer. We are not licensed experts in anything, just opinionated and curious. Sometimes what may come out of our mouths is offensive, but we come from a place of love and possible ignorance. Feel free to correct us in a polite manner, and we will address it. Ways to contact us? You can contact us on Gmail at Conference Confessions, or you can contact us on Instagram at Conference Confessions as well. Today we're talking about online dating and dating apps, and this is something I'm actually super excited for. I spent a lot of time doing some research and putting an outline together. I'm excited. So this well, is like this is your realm. So this I'm is so get, excited. Let's get into it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I want to ask you first about your dating app experience. I know it's not quite as extensive as mine. So tell me a little bit about your okay. online dating app journey. It, it, mine was very short lived. It was like, hey, let's see what this is about. It was very interesting. I did learn like the three golden rules through one of my friends and that's make sure that there's a picture with teeth so you know that uh, I don't got a fucked up girl. Yeah. Make sure that there's someone else that took a full body picture so you know what they look like. And if it's all group photos, pass. So I didn't know that rule until I did go on one meetup. And this guy was really weird. He kept asking like, hey, can you send me another picture? I don't believe it's you. Okay, so I sent him like two pictures. We met at a pub and it was just awkward. First he walks in, I'm like, your pictures are a big fat liar. <laughs> like, was he, he not? Nothing like it. So it was like <laughs> he did these angle things where it made yes. him look like burlier and manlier and didn't have any teeth in his smile, like like in the pictures. Oh. So I had no fucking idea. He smiled. I'm like, are those little baby chiclet teeth? <laughs> Super awkward. He's like, wow, you're really hot. I'm just like, I gotta not be here. I don't know what to do. <laughs> How long ago was this? Oh, shit. Probably like over a year ago. Okay. And it was really short-lived. It was like, well, let's see what it's like. I found a lot of the catfishing I had some experience with. And okay. then being a unicorn, I was asked to do that and quite often. And we're going to get into some of those names. Okay, perfect. So really short experience, not an enjoyable experience, but I did learn some things. Which apps did you use? Did you use one? Did you use multiple? Oh, girl, just just one. I did OkCupid, okay and it was like, that's just overwhelming. I found that I'm very much like a quick swiper, though. Oh, yeah, like, I am too. Yeah, you know, like, I'm not in the mood to read a bunch of <laughs> shit. Do you look cute? And then I was like, then you go through moods where you're like, I'm going to read the bio and get to know this person. I don't fucking care. I don't either. And so I found that mostly all I did was swipe right or swipe left and then be like, like, don't talk to me. Right. <laughs> Why are you talking oh, to me? Oh, we have to get into that. Yeah. Well, when you match and then nobody messages, uh-huh. or one person does and the other one's like, Why aren't you responding? Been there, done that. Yeah. Did you ever try Tinder? No, I did not. Okay. I did go on one. Oh, that is right. I did go on one other date with a girl. Her name was Amy. She was a total badass. Totally could be friends. Like, we hit it off. We had a lot in common, but we met through OkCupid. Okay. And just talked, and it was like, okay, we, we like the same books. We like the same movies. Kind of like the same music. So, just physically not really attractive? Yeah. Or there wasn't the spark or what? It, it was kind of just, like, not the spark. Like, oh, homegirl, I would totally sit on a couch and watch stupid-ass TV with you okay. and eat Doritos, but anything sexual, I don't know about that. And so, in my very short experience, I went on two dates One was, what the fuck is this? And one was like, hey, you're really cool, but I'm getting a friend vibe, 100%. Okay. Well, I did want to ask you about that. I wanted to kind of get your... Small experience. Your small experience, (laughs) because I'm sure there are people that are listening to this that haven't tried it. For My parents, for example, they listen to this. Bless their hearts. (laughs) But 
I don't believe they've done the dating apps, and... Well, it is fairly new, because I... It is. And, and, and we'll get into that. Absolutely. When I was dating, that wasn't a thing. It was just not... I didn't have that accessibility, so I think that's where we kind of get into that whole rhythm of just swiping. As for me, so I've been on a ton of different dating apps. You're on how many right now? Right now, I'm just on two. I'm on Tinder. Okay. And I'm on her. So I've been on a bunch of different dating apps. I have gotten into relationships as a result of the dating apps. I've been in four longish term relationships. My first girlfriend, I knew her prior to dating apps. And then it was a few years later when we recognized each other on these dating apps, we started dating. So overall, my experience hasn't been too bad, but I have noticed that the compatibility is there to an extent, but it is very physical. Every relationship I've had from these dating apps, the spark has absolutely been there. But it's when you get into the nitty gritty of it and when you start to know somebody and you start to realize that the little things are very important. Even though you might love somebody, love's not enough. It it never is, yeah. And I didn't realize that until just recently. I'm like, no, love is enough. And it's like, No, it's not, though. It's really not. (laughs) Love conquers all. You do need it. No, I think that's very true, though. And the one thing, I guess, that stood out to me the quickest was a lot of the questions are geared towards that as well. More your sexual compatibility and your, or what you're attracted to, not Mm -hmm. necessarily whatever match.com where they actually do a 45 page questionnaire. These ones on OkCupid, I did notice were very centered around sexual needs and sexual likes. I've noticed that with the different apps that you go on, Mm -hmm. there's some that are very extensive. I can't think of one, might've been OkCupid, but I went on it and it took so long to set up the profile. And it was like, I don't really want to spend all this time, which now looking back, it's like, I probably should have answered all the questions (laughs) in addition to more questions, because I think I probably would have found somebody a little bit more up my alley. At least your crazies would rub, right? They wouldn't just be crazy button heads with crazy and then like you're fucking hot though so we're gonna see how this goes i mean i'm still gonna do this so i want to get into a little bit of the history of how online dating personal ads how that all kind of came about perfect so when i was doing my research one of the earliest personal ads that i was able to find is from 1695 and it wasn't clear on whether it was in the states or it was in europe or in some other country So this is what it said. It was a man that was seeking a woman. So the ad goes pretty basic. So 30 year old man with a good estate in search of some good young woman that has fortune of around $300,000. That would be today in US dollars. Okay. And that's all it said. And Uh, yeah, sure. I'll take that too. So (laughs) that was literally one of like the first personal ads that was put out in a newspaper. That was in 1695. So over the years, it just kind of happened more and more. So in the 1700s, gay and lesbian ads popped up. Oh, nice. I couldn't, unfortunately, I couldn't find any examples. Okay. But I imagine it probably wasn't as brazen (laughs) as... It's got like you know, hint words. Yeah, I think... If you know this thing, uh call me. Right, I'm getting the vibe here. (laughs) So in the 1700s is kind of when the gay lesbian, like, low-key hit me up, right? 1800s, a lot of the general public started using it. Same thing, it was in newspapers, magazines, local flyers and stuff like that, which is... I remember personal ads in in newspapers. Absolutely, yeah. We had personal ads almost all the time. And it's interesting to see, like, you reading that excerpt, it's like how much even relationships have changed. So before 
more, it's like, you have to come into this game, you know, what are you packing? What right. you got? What you got, yeah, yeah, exactly, where a dowry was still very much needed yes, exactly. and necessary. So that makes perfect sense. Well, I just need, like, a woman that has money and an estate. And we'll to, make it work. Yeah, I mean, everything else is secondary. Because yeah. that's where it's about survival of my last name and moving on and exactly. having future generations and to see how much it's changed. But I remember seeing my first gay ad and it was in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. It was just like a little gay newspaper. And I was like, oh, and it was way more brazen. But it was a gay newspaper. Yeah, right. It was kind of accepted, in, especially in Absolutely. that area. Absolutely. But yeah, it was very interesting because I do remember those personal ads, you know, and it was either you lost something or you did this or you were seeking someone that you met at, you know, Club XYZ For on real? Friday. And yeah. then they would like, yeah. So what? like when I met, I would put in an ad and be like, girl with the blue eyes and the, you know, the gauges and basically I met you here at this place at this oh, time. Like hit me up. Yeah. So like misconnections. I remember that's what they always call them. <laughs> So it's really interesting. And then not only were the general public using these personal ads in the 1800s, but this is when a lot of scams started happening. I'm not going to go too deep into the scams, but it was kind of like catfishing in a sense. But just back then, normally it, it had to do with money or it had to do with where this person was from or their status in society. So that's kind of where the, the scams started coming in. Okay, that makes sense. And then in the early 1900s, it became really useful for lonely rural farmers and ranchers. People so who like were farmers.com. Yeah, something like that. So it was really becoming widely used. And it wasn't just people who were in a heavily populated area. It was like starting to branch out. To continue. I'd love to see one of those ads like, hey, I need a sturdy woman. I know, right? Like, here I am, bitches. Can you milk a cow oh, and weed oh, and make me a pie? Uh-huh. <laughs> and yeah. patch my jeans. Exactly. My trousers. So in the 1920s, World War I soldiers used personal ads a lot for pen pals. Okay. So whether it be locally or back here in the States, that was something that was really heavily used. And then that kind of brings us to where we are right now. So the 1990s to 2000 is when people really started to use computers. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just work-based. It was, let's do AOL, let's do instant messenger. So that's where online dating started to come into play. So then that started, if I remember correctly, because it's, I'm the pre-internet millennial group. Yes. You remember yes, the, the personal I ads. I remember I the dial-up. I remember the whole fucking thing. Uh -huh. But I do also remember as a younger girl, me and my friends getting in chat rooms. And to yes, me, that I... was like the original dating site slash pedophilia ring, I yeah. guess would be the best way. I mean, you could pretend to be whoever you wanted. We always got kicks off of just being like, oh yeah, my name's Rebecca and I'm 25 and I'm a model and interesting but it's so it's really interesting because it's like I remember that and it yeah. was so taboo and you almost had to sneak so we were like oh can we have some computer time don't okay. get in those chat rooms those are dangerous fuck yeah it's but, getting three so I had the opportunity to do that but I never did we didn't really have dial up my dad used the uh, neighbor's internet <laughs> so yes. it was spotty at best <laughs> Well, you're getting it for free. That's I mean, right. I know. I can't complain. Can't bitch. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about that. Like, did you use AOL? Did you have to get on the internet? How did that work? You had to get on the internet. You had to go to 
these actual sites okay. and, and go into these chat rooms and you had to do these little profiles, but they were really simple. There was obviously no check because we were like 12 and 13. Right. And we're like, yeah. what's the internet? Exactly. But you would get into these chat rooms and then you would have your username and you mm -hmm. would chat back and forth. And you know, you did have to be careful. You didn't want to tell somebody, Hey, I'm home alone. And we were always very careful about what we said, mm -hmm. but they were very dangerous and taboo. I mean, there was a lot of predators that used that. To us, it was fun, and it was, we're not supposed to, so we're getting away with something. Right. I can tell you that almost every single chat we ended up with, we would shut them down because it would get so intensely, disgustingly sexual. Oh, my God. That we were just like, I... They're saying shit, I don't even know what it is. We're just, we're done. And it was almost always, and it escalated very, very quickly. If you expressed that you were a female on those sites at all, that's the first time I saw a dick pic. Plus, if anyone in your family picked up the phone to make a phone call, it kicked you off the internet. That's right, I do remember <laughs> yeah. that. As a side note, I do remember the one of the only times I got on the internet when I was a lot younger, yeah. when there was still dial-up, I was on the Beanie Baby website. And I was looking for new Beanie Babies, and we had a phone call come through. And I was like, Dad, don't pick up the phone. And he picks up the fucking phone. Uh -huh. And I'm like, it took me 30 minutes to get to this damn site, and now I can't <laughs> even look anymore. Thanks. Yeah, exactly, because it loaded. And while it was loading, I made a sandwich. I cleaned my room. Yep, yeah. It just now loaded. I picked out two Beanie Babies, and yes. it kicked me off. So to shift gears a little bit, I want to talk about some of the vocabulary used. So one of the big ones that always comes up is catfishing. Tell me about that. Catfishing is basically when somebody makes a fake profile. And from my understanding, the intention is to be somebody completely different. Okay. So that when you are looking for somebody to talk to, they'll be attracted to this type of person. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. And they still profile pictures of other people. Exactly. And, okay. So if you've ever seen the show, I'm sure you've seen it, Catfish. No. With Neve. Uh uh. You've never seen it? No. What the fuck? Okay, we'll need to watch that. Okay. Hey, it's this whole, and I'm sure people who are listening to this are like, oh yeah, that dumb bitch has never seen it. Okay. <laughs> but no, I have not. <laughs> it's, that's what it's all about. Like people on this fucking show have been catfishing or talking to somebody else. Okay. For, there was one that was for nine years. So do they do it to like get money out of these people? Sometimes, or? yeah. Because to me, that's like a lot of fucking relationships you have to keep up with. And if I'm, what do you Well, sometimes it's multiple people that these catfishers are talking to. Yep. Sometimes it's just one person. There was this one dude. He thought he was talking to Katy Perry for five years. Oh, that's adorable. I'm watching this and I'm like, girl, KP's way too hot for you. And he was so convinced it was Katy Perry. So then Neve, this guy's name is Neve, who does this. He was talking to this guy and he's like, yeah, I've been talking to Katy Perry for like five years and I'm just super in love with her. And every time we try to meet up, she's just busy or she's, she's on, on a tour. tour. And Neve is like, are you for real? Like you legit think this is Katy Perry. And he's like, oh, I know without a doubt this is Katy Perry. So then it, this show takes you through the steps of their relationship. This guy and Katy Perry, apparently, okay. through their relationship, how long they've been talking. And then what ends up happening is Neve does like investigation work where he gets online. He tries to see where these pictures come from. He tries to so, like, traces their IP. Exactly. Okay. So like detective work for catfish. And I want that job. Oh, this show is fantastic. <gasps> Some of the way they end is bonkers. <laughs> so with this episode, obviously it wasn't Katy Perry. <laughs> oh, obviously, I know. I, I, Spoiler I alert! I totally thought it was. Well, he too. did. So I can't remember exactly what the person looked like. I think it even might have been a man. I can't remember, but it was totally not that person. I don't think they even spoke on the phone. 
up to this point, and they've been talking for like five years. See, red flag. So right, but this person, this man who thinks it's Katy Perry, he's (laughs) so into it. Like he is like, oh my god, she chose me, and we have this love, like this undying love and connection with each other. It's an appearance thing. Apparently, run away together. Like legit, he said something like that, and I was like, this dude is fucking delusional. (laughs) There was another episode where somebody was catfishing. The person they were talking to was catfishing them back. Fuck yes. So there's that that happens, and there was another one where this person was catfishing, and they were also being catfished back, but it was by the same friend, and it was like a revenge thing. (laughs) So this person didn't know that they were being catfished by their friend that was sitting right next to them. Oh my god. For whatever reasons, that's what catfishing is. The next one that we're all pretty familiar with is ghosting. Yes. So... Tell me what your definition of ghosting is. So, like, things are going good, you're talking, you're having a good time, and all of a sudden, poof, they're gone. You don't hear from them, you can't get a hold of them, they're just done talking to you. Have you ever had that happen to you? Not to me, but I've done it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you're a bitch. Okay. I am a bitch. <laughs> I've done it. <laughs> I have done it. I just, again, it's like, I think with these quick connections you do with dating apps, you're so much quicker to be like, this ain't going to work for me. So, well, because there's so many other t- options. Absolutely. And I don't think it, my intentions were ghosting. It was just like, you're a waste of time, which I guess is ghosting. <laughs> oh my gosh. I It is ghosting. Okay. Every, I don't know a single person that hasn't ghosted that does these dating apps. Yep. So, at least in, you, not even on dating apps, even at least in real life. Oh I mean, yeah. I ghost to people in real life. Like, oh fuck yeah. We go on a date and I'm like, yeah. this is fine. And then they call and I'm like, mm, he was just fine. Yeah. Yeah. No, we're not. Yeah. Not, not like second date. Time. No. <laughs> More like I'm going to not be a total dick to you when I see you in the that's, future. <laughs> that's right. Or I'm going to look at you and we're going to recognize each other and walk separate ways. Yeah, and we're not going to notice. <laughs> that's like, we're not right. going to talk about recognizing each other at all. <laughs> even though we totally do. So that's what ghosting is. This is a one that I just found. It's called kitten fishing. Oh my god, what the fuck is that? So it's not quite, so a kitten is smaller than a cat. Yeah. So it's not quite as intense as cat fishing. Kitten fishing is, it's not as extreme. So it's more like you're stretching the truth, like really stretching the truth. So you're like, just embellishing. Right, so you're embellishing. Like it's okay. based off of fact, I'm assuming. So I live in like a three bedroom house, so I would be like, it's a three bedroom mansion. Yeah. Okay. Uh huh. And then <laughs> you have a steady job, but now you work for the CIA and you're in another country doing a top secret mission. See, you know, that's a funner kind of ghosting to me. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. Like, I'm so sorry. I would totally go on that second date. Weird story. <laughs> yes. Right. I had to change my identity and move to Russia. It's just like some dateline yeah, shit. Exactly. I mean, I have a twin. You're probably going to run into her. Oh my God. Shut up. Uh, See, I'd be good at this. You would be. You little kitten fisher. So that's what kitten fit. Oh, and then one more thing. So the main thing with kitten fishing is it's more so appearance-wise. So you're stretching the truth with your appearance. And that's like, that's, it still has to do with the other stuff. But but mostly But mostly with the physical appearance. Okay. So I'd be like, I'm 5'8". Heavily edited photos. Okay. Airbrush. So basically what I did in those chat rooms, only in physical form. Correct. Oh, okay. Yeah. A little bit of Photoshop going on. And uh, you're a cat. I'm a 21-year-old. It's like I'm 13 with braces and oh, glasses. God. Like, yeah, I'm We've hot. all been there. <laughs> I was there. I'm glad we didn't have to prove that shit when I was doing this. <laughs> Send me a picture. Mm, I don't have a I don't have a cell phone with a I'm camera. Sad. Yeah, a cell phone? Yeah, no. Only my, my, my <laughs> parents have those. <laughs> or you have, like, the pink camera. <laughs> 
the photo in the in the mirror and it's super pixelated yeah. and you're like that's as good as it'll get yeah. <laughs> sorry really bad lighting and then uh one of the last ones i wanted to bring up because you mentioned this is unicorn yes i have only been asked to be a unicorn once because okay. any slight hint of a man on the profile like a couple <laughs> yeah i'm like what the fuck no yeah so You've been asked, so you tell me about unicorn. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> you know, if you're on there, if you have anything where you're pansexual, bisexual, any kind of open, oh, yeah. polyamorous, any kind of open approach to dating or people, I have... So non-monogamous, so, basically. Yeah, that definitely puts on a lot more. Yeah. But even just having a profile where I say, hey, I'm pansexual, uh-huh. it's like, well, then you're up for grabs for both men and women and anything in between. You're just the thing, Yeah, basically. like, basically, I had one couple, really nice... <laughs> But they were probably in their late 40s, and basically they were just like, we want a woman in our lives. We both want to take care of you. We'll pay your bills. You can live here. Interesting. Uh, We'll do everything you need, and you just sleep with both of us. And I'm like, hard pass, but thank you, because I'm sure there's way big strings attached to that. Oh, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. So was that ever appealing to you in any way, or was it just like an automatic no, and then you're like... For these reasons. I think that if you would have talked to me in my early 20s when I was first coming out, mm-hmm. I would have been way more susceptible to the, yeah, let's see what that's about. Okay. Because I'm, I'm definitely, I take that approach in my life of, sure. I can't say Try it's everything. not something for me if I haven't tried it. You know, and that's just, I don't think it's a fair statement to do that. Now with where I'm at and the independence that I've fought my whole life to have Mm -hmm. and like knowing that I have my own autonomy and that I could be completely alone and afford all my shit and be fine. Yeah. That's not appealing to me. Someone taking care of of me is more... For me, it's more of handing power over that I don't want to give to someone else. Gotcha. Yeah, because you said it would come with strings attached. Absolutely. I mean, and who knows? Yeah, and the reality of the situation is all relationships do. Absolutely. But if you are financially responsible for me, I now lose my voice. I don't have a say in how that plays out. And I'm basically your prostitute, which means I have to perform (laughs) for you when either one of you are in the mood or both of you. And what are those rules? Like your beck and call. Yeah. What, if, what are those rules? If she's not here, do we fuck? And is that okay? And if and vice versa, like, is that... This is too much, And Jen. again, if you say it's okay, does she also think it's okay? <laughs> so I just, you know, I think as you age, you're like, you understand the complexities of relationships. You're like, eh, there ain't no, no, no way no, this no, is no, all no. good. Yeah. It barely works with two people. Yeah. What you thinking? Right? I'm like, she says she's bisexual. He's thinking I'm going to play out a bisexual fantasy and Jesus. doesn't realize that her bisexuality is actually legit and she actually cares for this woman. Right. You know, the Amy chick I went on a date with, she was in a similar situation. She almost exclusively dated couples. Okay. Which was very a very cool conversation. Interesting. And same thing though. She's had in those situations she's had two women fall in love with her. Mhm. And she's had to leave her situation, her housing, her entire yeah. life build up because they're married, and no matter what, that's going to trump whatever you Absolutely. guys have. Unless this... unless she's like I'm getting a divorce. Yeah. So I had couples just ask for like, just the sexual aspect of it. Uh-huh. I've had two girls ask me to be their unicorn, which I didn't quite understand. So definitely in the polyamory and definitely in, like, the bisexual realm. Well, and it's almost like this unspoken, like, if they take care of all that stuff for you and you're this fancy little unicorn, it's like you are at their beck and call, mm-hmm. whether that be completely set out in stone or if it's just you feel like you have to. Or it plays out that way. Yeah, exactly. Because could you imagine the first time, like, let's say you don't live on the premise with them. You, they purchase an apartment for you. You're going to school, whatever. Mm-hmm. Let's just paint that scenario. Then what happens when they call you at 
12, you just got done studying for a paper. You're like, fuck, I'm exhausted. They're like, come over. It's time to fuck, It's time bitch. to fuck. And you're like, I'm so tired. And <laughs> next month, they cut off your rent, and they're not paying your tuition, so you've lost your, you know what I mean? So there's just so oh. many. And for me, it's like in any kind of situation, that's why I'm very... Like, when I moved in with Melissa down here in Salt Lake, I made next to fucking nothing. Yeah. But I insisted on paying half the bills. Yeah. And my shit. Because yeah. I'm just like, I don't want to rely on anyone like that. Right. And I've been the other person where I've had someone who couldn't uh, carry a job, just never had their shit together. I'm like, I'm constantly paying for your shit. My ex-girlfriend was four years of, I think she worked a year of it. So, yeah, I've been on both ends of it. So yeah. I like having my own autonomy. I mean, there's appeal to it in the fact that, like, okay, you guys have your thing and I don't have to be in that thing, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I get to have a sexual needs met kind of relationship with both of you right. but I am a firm believer that anytime you in- introduce sex into a situation there's just emotions that happen and there's a lot of involvement and someone's going to get left out Absolutely. and someone's going to get their ego bruised and my experience the few I've talked to it's like oh she's way into chicks and he's right and it's almost like they just don't want to stop the relationship they want to make it work yeah so they, let's bring in a branch Yes, that That's was the next one. another one we got to talk about. I'm glad you brought up monkey branching. This was something I wasn't familiar with. This is not something I have personally ever done. Okay. Because I'm a crabby cancer and I <laughs> am an emotional person. And so when I'm with somebody, I'm completely with that person. I've had people in the past that are like, that were worried that I would cheat. And it's like, I've never done that. I've never given you any reason to think that I've cheated. So when somebody brought up monkey branching to me, I was like, what? Like, what does that mean? After looking into it, basically, while one person's in a relationship, they are establishing other relationships on the side. Sometimes it can be sexual. Sometimes it can be just emotional. Sometimes it can just be somebody else on the side so that if things start going downhill in the current relationship, they can literally grab hold of that next person before they let go of their current person. Absolutely. That's why they call it monkey branching. I've known a lot of people that have done that. I haven't personally done it, but I have known a lot of people that do. I just never knew there was words for it. Just like, I was just somebody who just for me you're just emotionally insecure and you're just moving on from your next relationship to your next one because you're afraid of yourself and you're afraid to be alone right or you know for financial monetary reasons I know people that have done that where it's like I can't afford to be on my own right so like you said it may not be a romantic setting but then it's more but it's like a backup on to this right. person so you're never really fully to me you're never ever fully in that relationship that you're having mm-hmm. which means you're already setting it up to fail which means you're already enforcing the need for the monkey branch I remember with one of my past relationships, it was Rocky. And this person, when something would happen in our relationship, like if we got into an argument or something, immediately she would log back into her dating apps. That's fucked. And when we would start, you know, not necessarily, it's not like we completely cut things off. It was more like we kind of talked, we needed some space. But it was like in between those times where we were not totally committed or whatever you want to call it. She was constantly pulling up Tinder. She was constantly talking to other people. And it was like, for me at the time, it was like, I'm just getting through the red flags when I should have been like, I don't want to be with somebody that constantly feels like they have to be talking to somebody else. And that was really hard for me. There were a couple of times where I noticed and I called her out on it. Good. And she was like, I hardly ever look at those notifications anyways. And I'm like, why is that even an option. Yeah, like Why? we're not even broken up we, yet. We still hang out. I still spend time with you. I'm constantly coming down to see you. You only come up sometimes. I think that also came into play with how emotionally draining this relationship was. Absolutely. Because it was like 
like what if we get into an argument or we're just discussing something that turns into an argument because this bitch can't talk that she pulls up her dating apps so it was like this constant in the back of my mind is she talking to other women and if she is it's like well why we're not making progress here why are you talking to me then why so i totally understand monkey branching from an outsider's perspective looking in mm -hmm. um, and this also kind of brings up u-haul so yeah. this is yeah i know it's generally very lesbian very lesbian oh very do you want to explain that Oh, yeah. I've yeah. done it at one point or another. Absolutely. Basically, yeah, you start dating them within the weekend. Like, You're ah. my soulmate. I love you. Yeah. We met on a Tuesday and I moved in on a Saturday. Oh, my God. So you instantly just move in and start this life. You're married now, like wearing the same clothes and picking out pet names. Oh, and, Lord. But it's, it's a very quick process. So like a lot of people in the heterosexual community, especially, tend to date for a little while. Right. Where lesbians especially, <laughs> it's like, oh, we have a connection, mm -hmm. so let's go with that. Let me move in. So why do you, do you think it's just the connection? Because I've thought about this before, because that happened with my ex-wife. Mm -hmm. That's what happened. It was like, we met, it was fantastic, we had an awesome connection. And you moved in. And three weeks later, she lived with me. Yep. And it wasn't something I wanted, but I felt pressured into it. And I suppose that's what happened with our wedding as well. We just thought, well, what's the next step? So I think there's multiple layers to that. I think I, so. You know, again, it's letting go of societal pressures and your family pressures of this is what you're supposed to do. I finished step A, so here's step B. I right. finished step B, here's step C. So it's right. like societally we should be you and I should both already have like kids and a marriage and a house and all of these things happening, but it doesn't always align with us. Right. And I think for multiple reasons, it happens for women. I think that women tend to be more emotionally needy and the emotional connection is way more important I or agree. vital. Also, economically, you can look at it. Two gay men's income is going to be twice what two what women's. One. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. No, you're so, right. I get where you're going. So sometimes it's economically too, you know, it's like, well, yeah, we're dating and things are going really well and I'm rent broke, you're rent broke, why don't I just live with you? So and we'll I, make it together. Absolutely. I think that's where the sticky situation with the U-Haul comes in. Mm -hmm. This is what happened with me and my ex-wife. That kind of came into play. It was cheaper for us to live together. It was more convenient. She lived way south. I mean, not as south as some of the people I've dated, but she did live quite south. And so the commute was pain in the ass, mm -hmm. to say the least. And she worked like a block away from where I lived, and she was commuting all the way down south. Oh, shit. Okay. So it was like, okay, it'll take you five minutes to get to work from my place where it takes you 45 minutes from your place. Have you noticed how it's a real slow burn too for women? Okay, I had you stay the night. Now your toothbrush is here. You have a hairbrush. Okay, now your laundry's showing up in my laundry. Wait, wait, where'd now, your cat come from? Where the fuck? Yeah, and they're like, now, wait, you're wearing my clothes. Yeah. Okay, and we're sharing makeup now and we're sharing... Okay, like it's I, I we're ladies. I guess like, it works, right? It's almost like the discussion doesn't happen. It's just like this natural progression of like, well, I just started bringing more and more shit over, and then just stop paying rent there and yeah, the rest. And here we are. <laughs> I have never had that happen. Okay. Well, I kind of did, but that was like my first relationship. Yeah, and so she was still living with her parents at the time. Her parents were like, "Yeah, you can live with us," and I was like, "Whoa, no, thank you." The things I'm gonna do to your daughter, I do not need you hearing. <laughs> I know you can hear the shower from upstairs, so <laughs> that's not going to happen. Yeah, we did. But with, like I said, with my ex-wife, it wasn't necessarily like that. It was like we knew each other for three weeks, we moved in, and shit went real fast from there. Think about it. People aren't even real until, honestly, being in a long-term relationship, 
people aren't really fucking real till you're about two and a half years in. Yeah. You're like, let's just cut through the cute. This is what I am. And I'm going to belch. I'm going to fart. I'm going to cuss. I'm going to be irrational. I'm going to be angry. I'm, I'm going to be crazy. I'm going to do whatever the fuck I'm going to do. Right. So three weeks in, it's like, oh, you're cute. I still like you. Yeah. But you're like cutting your honeymoon phase by just being like, let's pretend like we're married. Yep. Well, the honeymoon phase is the best part. That's all the fucking. <laughs> Why do we do that to ourselves? Because <laughs> we're dumb. We're hopeful. <laughs> right? Hopeless. I don't know if hopeless romantic is the right word, but I think it's somewhere within that realm. Hopelessly horny? I don't know what that is. That be. could be it. Yeah, maybe that's it. That brings up some statistics about okay. online dating. Since COVID, dating apps have just kind of exploded. I bet. So, because everybody's home. Yeah. Everybody hates their spouses, you know? <laughs> so, why not? Let's reach out. <laughs> I'm going to monkey branch right the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to monkey branch to five different trees. Like, shit's getting real. I got two arms. <laughs> I got two arms, two feet, and a tail. Like, let's be real. And my butt's where I'm supposed to be. So. <laughs> it's stuck for now. <laughs> Which one can hold my weight? <laughs> so, things have just exploded in the dating world. I got these stats from various places online wikipedia huffington post before covid dating apps i mean about 40 50 percent of people use dating apps who are in the dating realm so since then it has skyrocketed 86 percent holy shit so basically we were at around 40 to 50 percent now we're at about 86 to 89 percent of people who are using these dating apps so that's a lot yeah that's Huge. I stab near all of them. That's only like excluding like grandma and grandpa Basic. that are trying to get their groove on. Granted, who knows with these percentages? I mean, depends on their their survey pool. Exactly, and, their survey still, pool. But still, in yeah. in most of the ones that I've seen, they have skyrocketed since COVID has really started to impact the states. Okay. This is states. This isn't Europe. This is yeah. this has to do with the states. Another thing that was interesting is before COVID, only about six percent of people would do video chats as oh. like a first. Like I want to see what you look like. I want to make sure you're real. Whatever. Personally, I'd never done a video chat. We both matched on an app, and then we started texting. And then usually I do like a pre phone call. Like, is this person fucking weird? Like, do they have a nasty voice? But since COVID, uh, it's gone from 6% all the way up to 69% of people Holy shit. are wanting to do video chat before they meet. Obviously, that has to do with getting infected with COVID or whatever. But I think that's fantastic. Yeah. I have used video chat twice, and it's been great. And I did not go on a date with either of those women. <laughs> I so used not that great. Now that <laughs> I use my ghosting powers. Okay, perfect. And so actually really great. You saved a lot of money by not going on that I date. I know, yeah. right? See, and I did the Marco Polo one. Yes, Marco Polo. Yeah. I did that as well. Okay. So let me retract. I did one video chat and I did a couple of actual Marco Polos. But I do like Marco Polo. Yeah. That's a cool one. Yeah, I, I almost feel kind of weird about it though, because it's like you and I having a conversation now. Well, I would have to record my part, send it to you. Then you have whatever reactions you want. That was the only thing where it's like kind of trippy, but you do get that element of getting to edit. Being <laughs> like, yes. Wow, I sounded like I don't even know English, so I'm not sending that one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of being like, wow, I sounded like that in real life. That's right. <laughs> I did want to bring up real quick some marriage statistics. So, once again, it depends on the pool. It depends on who they're asking, when they're asking. I couldn't find if this was before or after COVID, but I imagine it's still relatively the same. So the later in life that you marry, the more likely you are to stay together for a longer period of time. Those who have dated for one to two years are less likely to divorce, but still divorce. Okay. 
um, those who have dated for three plus years are less likely to get divorced in the long run. And I want to ask this to you because I know this is a personal question. Okay. So you've been with your partner for... 11 years. 11 years. This weekend. So how long did you guys date before you got married? We dated six months before I moved down here. Okay. Again, five hours fucking drive is a little ridiculous when you're doing it every weekend. So let's U-Haul. Uh-huh. Yep. So I U-Hauled, but I waited six months. So, you know, I knew at least her last name God. and half her family. All right. So I moved down here and then we dated until it became legal in Utah. We got married December 20th, 2013. We started dating July 4th of 2009. Okay. So we dated four years before uh-huh. we got married. So do you feel like you've outlasted a lot of other couples in your life because of the long dating period? I would say that that has had a factor. We definitely knew each other. We saw a lot of the realness of each other. We challenged each other a lot while it was still in that dating period. So I always like to joke around that we've been together for 11 years. So in lesbian years, it's been like 88. I never pictured myself being with anyone this long. I know that because of having those developing years with each other where we didn't have that marriage issue definitely helped us get through a lot of our issues and things really. So and this is hypothetical, but do you think your age difference made a difference? I think that it does make a difference sometimes. And I and I say that because me at 36 is an entirely different person than me at 25 when I met Melissa. Uh-huh. And there's a lot of growing that happens in your 20s, which you are very, very fastly understanding. There's a lot in the 20s. Fucked up shit yeah. in your 20s. You know, it's just, your 20s. I mean, that's exactly I've it. I've got three more years, and yeah. I'm like, God damn it. And so for me, I feel like it's not necessarily the age, but the experience. Right, because she had already gone through that. Yes. She was kind of already, for lack of a better word, set in her ways. And she had already lived in Salt Lake. She'd been part of the community. Shit, I lived in Riverton, Wyoming. I knew one other gay person my age, and I dated her, and she was way younger than me. Yeah. And then the only other gay person I knew was a meth head that worked in the kitchen and had no Hell tea. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, no thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so I think a lack of experience has probably been more of a gap for us. She's had a lot more of those experiences and she's had a community, gotcha. which I never had before. So now that I've aged, it's like, it's the question that everyone asks of any relationship. Can you grow together while still growing separately? And so that's kind of the challenge is just any relationship even if it's four years long or five months long well I would say even with friendships yeah Yeah, absolutely friendships are a vital part of that as well I've definitely outgrown a lot of friends oh god yeah gotten rid of a lot of friends and it's like in those moments extremely painful but I wouldn't take it back now right so yeah I think age has never really been the thing it's been just the difference in experience that's fair I've had to learn a lot and to be with somebody when I was that young and only have really two other long-ish relationships to base my viewpoints on. Like when I got with her, I thought arguing was, wow, okay, we're done. We're going to break up. I never saw conflict resolution in my household because I never saw my parents argue. Right. So I learned how to argue effectively with her. And then... Oh, that's fantastic. When you can find somebody and you can argue effectively and then you walk away and you're both like, huh, that was productive. Right. Oh my God. And I don't hate you. Yeah. Like, I actually respect you more. So yeah, 11 years of a relationship, I definitely see a lot of growth, a lot of personal growth because I was still living out the end of my 20s, which you're doing now. And as you know is a shit show and a half. And that's how we started our relationship. That was the first five years of our relationship was in my 20s. 
you know, to do a little bit of uh, looking in hindsight, I am so glad that none of my relationships thus far have, have worked out. And I say that not because of those people. We came into each other's lives for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. Some, I feel like it, we could have learned more from each other, but for whatever reason, we didn't. One of you wasn't ready to hear it or move. or Right. Yeah. Or both of us needed to come together for whatever reason for a certain amount of time. But I am so thankful that I have been with the people that I've been with because mm -hmm. I have learned so much. So many do's, so many don'ts, so many things that have opened my eyes mm -hmm. and made me look at the world a little bit different. Absolutely. So I wouldn't go back to any of them. No. No, no, no. Same reason why neither one of you or I have exes as friends. I, ca I tried with one Ew. and it was just, it was too much of a mind fuck. Mm -hmm. I couldn't go from being in love with somebody to being like, hey bro. Yeah, exactly. What up? Yep. Fist bump. Like, that's not my jam. So I did try. There was only one person that I tried with and it was exhausting and it was confusing. And it backfired. It, it backfired a couple times mm -hmm. and it's just not something I'm interested in. Yep. But you wouldn't not I wouldn't have change that relationship. It. I 100% yeah. agree. I would not take any of my relationships and I've had some really negative ones, but I feel like your twenties, you're learning what you don't want. Yep. In your 30s, you're learning what you do want. and your 40s, you're getting what the fuck you want. Exactly. Like, and so I'm really looking forward to my 40s. <laughs> I'm looking forward to being out of my 20s. Can I just have what I want? That's Can right. I decide that I want it? Ay, ah, <laughs> bandito. Ay, <I'm> bandito. <laughs> so that takes us into, I really want to go through my dating profile. I'm so curious. And I want to read my bio. Yes. And I want to describe some of my pictures. Okay. And then I want to tell you... Can we post some of your pictures? You bet. Okay, we're going to do I'm that. I'm hot as fuck. Okay, so I'm going to read you my bio. Okay. And I copied and pasted this to the other one. So this is from Tinder. The other one's on her. I'm a cat mom, a podcaster, a tattoo artist, and a delivery driver. I'm always on the go and very independent. I love being outside, loud music I can sing to and dance to. I exercise regularly. I'm always listening to a podcast or audiobook. I have fantastic friends and a wonderful family. I'm always laughing and finding the good in everyone. I'm playful and love to tease. I say it how it is. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't gonna lie to you, bitch. I'm looking for a chill and confident person to spend my free time with. Reach out to me if you're interested. Happy face emoji, happy face emoji. We kind of talked about, you know, some of the golden rules. I'm looking at this now and I only have one picture with my niece and nephew. That's fair because neither one of them should be on there. So they should common deduct that it's you, right? I hope so. Okay. Like with the other pictures you're on here. You're swiping for my niece and nephew. I'm going to turn you into That's the That's right. You're a little creepy. <laughs> Creeper. Yeah. So I definitely have a lot of selfies. My cute face. I've got a couple of body pictures. Okay. I got I, I got my two kitties on there and I've got a picture of me tattooing. So that's my profile. And it's basically the same on the other one. So what kind of positivity are you getting back from it? You know, I am an avid left swiper. I found out that I was too. And it's not necessarily that I'm like, you're ugly, you're ugly. It's more like when I see the vibe mm -hmm. or when I like look at their pictures. It's like, could I see myself <laughs> making out with that person? Let's be real. Can I, can I fuck you? Right. Could yeah. I fuck? Yeah. Seriously. That's... Well, and then the other thing is I'm short. I'm 5'1". Yeah. So I am totally that bitch that's like, how tall are you? <laughs> <laughs> you hate your own kind. I do. I, I, dated one, I dated one gal who was 5'2". I oh. hated it. 
<laughs> I'm like, bitch, I want to climb you like a tree, and you're a motherfucking stump. <laughs> so two stumps cannot. Be that's a tree. right. That's, <laughs> it doesn't go very high. I can't see very far. <laughs> so that's definitely something that I look for. I think it's been interesting online dating because, like I said, I am an avid left swiper. It's rare that I swipe on somebody right and we actually match. I've had a few people match and I've talked to them, but it, it kind of goes back to that. Are you just doing this me as well? Are we just doing this to actually find a connection or are we bored or are we monkey branching? Are we cat kitten fishing? <laughs> I think that's, that's been the hard thing about online dating mm-hmm. is you can't see the person. I always feel like when you match with somebody and like the last person to like swipe, like if I match with the person and it's like, oh, it's a match. Obviously they swipe before I did. So I should be the one to message them. Does that make sense? Here's another really interesting point that I want to talk to you about though too. Do you yeah. find yourself almost wanting to be that person? your left swiper in real life and real situations. Because to me, I found that I was way more decisive. I didn't waste time. Like if someone said something and it was a red flag to me, it was like, eh, you're out. Right. For me, it's easier for me to shut things down sooner. The red flags are kind of more noticeable now, but I don't know if that's just me getting older and recognizing things. Maybe. Or if it's, they're so not an emotional connection when you first start talking to these people. Mm -hmm. It's usually completely physical and or if their bio interests you on some level or not. So for me, it's a lot easier to be like, no, I don't want this. But in real life, like when I go to the club and I start talking to somebody, it's like, fuck, I feel like I have to sit here and talk to this person, even though I'm not interested to take away the emotional connection. And it's easier to reject someone through the internet than face to face. Absolutely. But I do wish I could carry some of that into my face to face. I think so, but then it's like, I think I come off as a bitch, but I imagine like in real life, if somebody started talking to me and I was like, no, (laughs) you're swiping. Yeah. Like, excuse me. (laughs) Oh my God. The other thing that gets me is when you go to the club and you're like, this place is full of my left swipes. That is so fucking worse. And then they look at you and you recognize them and you're like, God damn it. Oh my God. We should start posting. Hey, this is what I look like when I wake up. Boom. Oh, d- totally. Yeah, I'm all for it. Just like, Let's fucking let me know what I'm signing on for right now. Fuck yeah. Oh my God, I'm going to put that on my profile picture. What would we even call it? Like, I woke up like this? It. Yes. So yeah, online dating has been an adventure. What a trip. But on the other point, like the exposure, like we're talking about coming out in Riverton, Wyoming with nobody that's there that's gay. And if they are, they're not, they're closeted like me, you know? <laughs> so it's like <laughs> dating. It's like. The one thing I can say that I feel is very positive about dating apps is the exposure. Yes. So it's like you could be a person. You get a feel for it. Absolutely. And everyone's got a thing for something. There's someone out there that absolutely digs that. Like yeah. that's their that's their jam. I think that's so, a fantastic point to bring absolutely. up. Absolutely. And, and you would never meet or make those connections without the internet, without that dating app. Where else are you going to get that exposure? Not even just for dating, but just for having positive role models that emulate something that reminds you of yourself. Right. So I can say that that was what was really cool. There was nothing that I felt was off limits. There was nothing that was taboo. Yeah. It was all out there. I, I think there's obviously some negatives about online dating, oh, app sure. dating, but I think there are so many positives because just like you said, let your freak flag fly. And if Absolutely. somebody's into that, fantastic. And if not, no harm, nothing is done. You yep. just move on to the next person. And I guarantee you someone will be into it. But it is extremely positive. I think for the LGBTQ community, mostly, yeah. is like, I knew five gay people by the time I moved to Salt Lake. Yeah. And then in the first 
month of being here met it's like over a thousand. I think it's good to highlight that, especially for our community, it's such a safe way for them to meet and date and reach out. And not that there aren't bad situations where it totally backfires. My cousin through marriage and adoption, long story short, that's how I know him. So no blood relation. No blood relation. Related. I don't really know him all that well. Yeah. I mean, I think I remember when we were younger and we had some like family gatherings at the grandma's house and we were all there. So this was, I think about a month ago, I was woken up by my cell phone ringing mm-hmm. and it was my stepdad. And this guy only calls me when it's, when he needs to tell me something. So he called me and he was like, hey, just so you know, this is what happened before it gets out into the news and I'll get into what happened. Okay. So you guys can look this up if you guys are interested. You can look it up yourself. His name is Ethan. He's 24. Leighton resident. Grew up background. The LDS church. All that jazz. So I'm just going to read the article. Leighton, Utah. May 24th, 2020. Okay. So according to a probable cause statement from the 2nd District Court Farmington, Ethan Hunsaker is facing a charge of murder. A first degree felony. Hunsaker called Leighton Dispatch at 3.19 a.m. Sunday morning. The statement said, During the recorded 911 call, Ethan told dispatchers that he had just killed someone. Ethan stated to dispatch he did not know the person he had just killed, but he had met the victim on the dating app called Tinder. Hunsaker told dispatchers he had killed someone he met on Tinder approximately 10 minutes before calling 911. The statement said, He told dispatchers he had weapons and described a knife that he had. He added he had left the knife in another room and was no longer armed. When officers arrived, they made contact with the suspect just inside his residence. He continued to tell the officers to shoot him. Um, Hunsaker was taken into custody by the Leighton police. Officers found a 25-year-old female laying on her stomach in a bedroom. Officers found no pulse and began CPR until Leighton fire arrived on the scene. Shortly thereafter, the victim was declared deceased by medics from the Leighton Fire Department. The victim's ID was located near her body. Also near her body was a knife with the blade extended. During the interview with Ethan and post-Miranda, he told officers the victim's first name and admitted to killing her by way of choking and stabbing her to death. Ethan did not know her last name. Ethan started communicating with the victim on Tinder beginning around 9 p.m. on Saturday. Ethan picked the victim up from her home and they went to a local bar in Layton City to have some alcoholic drinks. After drinking at the bar for a short time, Hunsaker drove the victim to his home in Layton, where the two engaged in intimate relations. Ethan woke up with the victim laying on his left arm as they started cuddling or spooning. According to the probable cause statement, Ethan stated he choked the victim as hard as he could for about a minute. Ethan stated she was fighting him and was trying to pull his arms away from her neck. The marks on Ethan's arms, neck, and shoulder area supporting the fight between the two. Ethan then got up and went to the kitchen area of his home. He grabbed a spring-assisted pocket knife that had about a four-inch blade. He then went back into the bedroom and stabbed the woman multiple times. Ethan has several mental health issues. Ethan has daily suicidal and homicidal ideations. Ethan has recently thought of ways to kill and kidnap others. He stated the date was a normal date and there had been no argument with the victim that would cause him to kill her. He also expressed the desire to have the police kill him for the safety of the public. So there's a little bit more that has come out about this. Okay. Um, since then... I think it was June 6th, he went to court and he pleaded not guilty. And so the court has basically, I don't know if it's court or if it's his attorneys or whatever, but he has to go have a mental health evaluation. They have to make sure he's fit for trial. Exactly. So 
And I bring this up because I think this is one of the very real dangers about online dating. Yes, it can be fun, it can be exciting, but there's also a sinister side to it where I think people absolutely take advantage of it. And as for the victim of this, I do want to read something from her family. So on a side note, the victim and I, we have crossed paths before. I've been racking my brain trying to figure it out can't remember exactly how I know her, but I did know her. So when I heard about the police report and I saw her picture, I mean, it was just devastating. Absolutely. And for a few days, this literally rocked my world. Oh, I remember you were all out of sorts because it was like this cousin who you don't really have a relationship with. And then this person who you had some kind of acquaintanceship with and to have it so unprovoked, I think is the scariest part. I think that was the scariest part. Yeah. For him to admit like, no, it's a normal day. Obviously she went home and and slept with you and like, you guys had a good night. I guess that's the scariest part. You could be on a normal date, just having a good time and the switch can be flipped and it's there's nothing else you can do. Her name is Ashlyn Black. She was born February 14th, 1995, and she passed away May 24th of 2020. So she was a Valentine's Day baby. She was. She was only 25 years old at the time, and I want to read a little bit about her. So she grew up and attended school in Davis County, Utah. She lived her life as an adventurous, tender, and loving free spirit. Ashlyn loved finding and exploring a good vintage shop. Her fun and quirky style was something that only she could pull off. She enjoyed hiking, camping trips, time around the fire, and travel. She had big plans for many further adventures. Ashlyn was open-hearted, fun-loving, and full of laughter with her wonderful sense of humor. Her giggling laugh was infectious. You couldn't help but smile and laugh to yourself when, when you heard hers. They also go on to say there are not words to describe how wonderful you are nor how much you are missed. No amount of time will fill the void that is left in our hearts. We will fight for you and share your story. We will always share with the world what a brave and amazing soul you are. So her service on May 31st and they laid her to rest. So I wanted to share that because that was something that really impacted me and yeah absolutely well that one hits really close to home it does i just like to say our hearts definitely go out to her and her family and maybe it is the three date rule you know like let's meet a couple places outside let's have more friend meetups right let's take advantage of the video chat absolutely because i do think that that is very scary and i mean in any kind of dating capacity you do have to protect yourself so i always got on my best friend because it was like i don't care that you're dating and i don't care how many people you're dating just Tell someone where you're at, who you're with. I don't care if it's a screenshot of a profile on a dating app. I will find that motherfucker if something happens to you. I promise you that. Just let someone know where you're at, who you're with, maybe even approximately how long you think you'll be. Like, I mean, because girls are very good at knowing when we meet someone Uh if it's going to go down. So it's going to go down. It's going to go down. Yeah, like if you're going to be fucking, like you already know. (laughs) (laughs) So how about you just shoot a text, hey, I'm staying the night at this dude's house. Uh Here's the address if you don't hear from me tomorrow. Like, I think that we almost get too overly confident in the online presence. You can do your own research, but you're not going to get the full view of that person. So there's still the importance of having that buddy system. Mm -hmm. And we got to make sure that as, especially as women, that we're utilizing that. I still think dating apps can be fun. I still think they're exciting. Yeah. I just wanted to put a realistic aspect on things, Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to delete my profiles. I've met a lot of cool people. I've talked to a lot of cool people. 
And it's been a fun, even though it gets draining. It does. Because you're like, bitch, why don't you like me? I like you. (laughs) I wanted to talk about cheating and dating apps. Okay. So this is something that I found. I think it was on the Huffington Post. But those who have success in the fickle and unpredictable world of dating tend to perceive themselves as more desirable. And so they're more likely to monkey branch and cheat. That totally makes sense to me. So this kind of goes back to, I brought up earlier that when this person I was dating, when her and I would kind of have like a break or whatever, it was like this bitch would log back into all of her dating apps. (laughs) And so the longer I got to know her, the more I was like, is this just when we're having a break or is this an all all the the time time thing? Which not, I've never, I've never checked any of my partner's cell phones. Me neither. It's not, it's not my jam. I I had a partner that checked mine all the time. See, if I'm doing that, if either one of us is doing that, we're already fucking done anyway. We're done. Mm -hmm. So somehow I think her phone went off and I went to hand it to her and I happened to see it was a dating app thing. And at this time we were together. Yeah. And I was like, hi, I don't even know how to take this because I've never been cheated on and we've always had open communication. So that was something that when that happened, I was like, hmm, this isn't going to work for me. Well, you start questioning your ability to trust her in in all areas. Honestly, that, I mean, there were some things that had happened in our relationship, but that was like, I don't trust her at all. That says to me, I don't value our relationship enough to work on something with you. We're having an issue or a disagreement and I don't value you enough or our relationship to figure out how we can come to a common ground or move past it. Right. You know, it's like I immediately dismiss you. And for me, that puts me in that I'm not enough. I'm, you know, and then it drove me crazy. Absolutely. Now I'm questioning my self-worth. I'm fucking amazing. Why am I questioning my self-worth for you? Well, and then I remember confronting her. What is this? Because I had never heard of it. And I was like, huh, is that a dating app? So I Googled it and I saw that it was a dating app. And when I confronted her about it, she was like, oh, I never checked that anyways. I have so many notifications on my phone and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, that doesn't make me feel any better. And so when we continued to have the conversation, I was kind of like, I don't even know how to go forward with this. And so I remember sitting down on the bed and she was kind of walking around doing her own thing while I'm like sitting there like, what the fuck? And it was like this blank, this band-aid statement that she had said to me. And then she followed it by, well, if you don't want to be here, if you don't want to date me, you don't have to date me. This kind of also goes into, I'm sure you've been on these dating apps and you've been swiping through mm-hmm. and you see somebody and you're like, oh, I know you're in a relationship with uh, so-and-so. Huh? What are you doing on here? Mm-hmm. And these are recent motherfucking pictures. And... Sometimes with the person that they're with cropped out. I've uh, seen one of those. I have seen that. Yes. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? I was there. I know that picture. Your girlfriend is in it. That's right. That's <laughs> yeah. right. So I've had that happen before. And when I first started using the dating apps, I was just kind of like, whatever, that's their business. Now I'm that bitch that takes a screenshot and sends it, sends it to that person and is like, uh, look what your partner's doing. Because if my person that I was dating was still on those dating apps. Actively. Actively. In any way. Yeah. Uh-huh. I don't give a fuck. You take that shit down. There's none of this monkey branching bullshit. Delete it. If we're together, don't just sign out. Delete the motherfucker. If I get sent a picture of your profile, shit's about to get real. I'm about to walk real quick. Well, because they're basically telling you right up front, we have an expiration date. I don't see this going anywhere. Right. If you can't get rid of your dating apps, your side pieces, all the other shit you have going on, then you're telling me we have an expiration date and this relationship is not a priority in your life. Exactly. I'm a placeholder. 
I'm here to fucking hold a place for whoever warms your bed next. Right. Because you got issues with yourself, most likely, and you're trying to fill it with by filling holes and it's not fucking working. Right. That I feel like if you have success on dating apps, you tend to keep going back to them and it's a lot easier to monkey branch. So I've never been cheated on, to my knowledge. There's been some questionable activity from some of my exes, but I I don't feel But not confirmed cheating. Correct. So, you know, I have suspicions, but whatever. I'm not going to go back to these people anyways. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So I can't even imagine. I've talked to people. I've had exes that have been cheated on. That would be so tragic to me. Oh, it fucks your world up. I can't imagine. Like, it fucks your world up. Because it's like any other thing as a couple, you're like, we can handle this. That's the one thing that it's like, that is taking a jackhammer to your foundation. It's Mm -hmm. like, I saw this person this way and I never thought this person was capable of this thing or whatever the reasons, but your entire view of not only your relationship changes, but of this other human changes. That's why they say it's so hard to come back from cheating because it's like, how do you re-see them in a positive light without starting all the way over and addressing the problem from the beginning? Right. I've only been cheated on once. And I've had two other partners try to, and the person that they were propositioning and told me. One of them was this cute girl. She was dating. This was the only dude I was with and and lived with. And it was like right out of high school. Mm -hmm. But she came to me and she's like, your boyfriend told me that he would move you out tomorrow if I would move in with him on the weekend. The only other time was my ex-girlfriend broke up with me to to go to Vegas for a weekend. It was a trip (laughs) we all had planned. But all of a sudden it was like, I can't have you there. And and I had suspicions, but she went with a mutual friend who was like, oh, she was trying, but no one was interested. And then I've only had actually one time where a situation where it could be misconstrued as not. Right. You know, but it does come with a whole set of feelings that you don't really understand. If you Why? haven't been there, you don't Why? understand. I think my biggest takeaway is how supportive these kinds of apps are for people in the LGBTQ community. I think that I would have fucking give my left hit for something like this in my youth. I probably would have came out sooner. So I do really like that aspect that you can make these connections from across the globe mm-hmm. with people that you would never normally have a chance to meet. Yeah. I would also say that for me, I would approach it like any other kind of dating where I'm going to call you, hey girl, I'm going out on a date. This is where I'm going to be. This is who I'm with. If you don't hear from me tomorrow, you find me. My takeaway from this is dating is really fun. It's really exciting. Just be smart. Listen mm-hmm. to your gut. Um, if something feels off or you're starting to see red flags. Honestly, online dating is that easy. If you're feeling weird things, swipe left. Yep. Ghost them. I hate to say that, but if it doesn't work or it feels off, go with your gut. There are so many people out in the world. There are so many people that we can learn things from and just be cautious and have fun. I think that's the other thing I like about it. That's another takeaway is just that we get so mindset that we have that one person, our one and only, and we're going to spend our whole lives finding that one and only. And so we almost grasp onto that with a very unrealistic expectation of ourselves and the other person Mm -hmm. and the relationship. And you start settling for things that maybe aren't quite what aligned with what you want. Exactly. You're like, this is the one person they said they love me and they touched my privates. So we're together forever, (laughs) you know? And so So I like that, like the dating apps kind of bring that back around and, and force you to go, wait, no, there's, billions of people in this world 
Yes. And I might have a one today that might not be, I might have 17 the ones in my life yeah. and that's okay. So I like that it takes away kind of the societal bullshit of all mm-hmm. that too. Well, thank you so much. Like that was a lot of fun. Thanks for doing all the research. Yeah, you bet. Yeah. If anybody has any questions, concerns, whatever, reach out to us. Yep. You can contact us at conferenceconfessions at gmail.com or conferenceconfessions on Instagram. If you know us personally, you can reach out on Facebook or Instagram. And thank you guys for listening. Yeah. Thanks again. Take care.